This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, episode 28. In today's show, I'll be sharing with you some of my professional and personal goals for 2017, as well as something I'd like to tweak about this podcast, a little change I'm going to make that I think you'll like. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Hi, hello everyone, and happy new year. Welcome back to another episode of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. It's been a while. My name's Liz Fulcher. I'm a clinical aromatherapist and an aromatherapy educator and your host for this program. No matter where you are on your aromatic journey, whether you've been certified in aromatherapy for many years, whether you've just discovered your first essential oil, there's always something you can do to take your knowledge and your experience to the next level. And that's really what this podcast is about, to educate, to inspire, to guide, to help you along on your journey. It is so good to be back connecting with you, my podcasting community. I'm going to talk about the break that I took and how it relates to changes I'm making in the podcast. And gosh, I just have so much, so much I want to share with you guys. I'm just, there's a lot happening in my life professionally and just, there's a lot of good stuff I want to share. So let's start with, well, let's start at the beginning. So it's a new year. A new year means a new beginning. I personally love the new year. And for me, it's always a time of, you know, reflection and looking at the previous year and journaling about what what worked for 2016 in the case of this of this past year, what worked in 2016, what didn't work, and how would I like to grow and change in the new year? So I really look at all aspects of my life, spiritual, pers- uh, like physical, how's my physical health, my relationships, my friendships, of course, my professional life, uh, how are things with my classes, and and my podcast. Of course, I took a good long look at my podcast because according to the analytics, it's incredibly popular. I've been told that the numbers for this podcast are really great considering how infrequently I podcast and how um, small this niche is, you know, just specific to aromatherapy. So there are a lot of you out there listening and I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Every new year, I set a word for the year to kind of an overarching theme for the year. And my word for 2016 was sustainability. It's really important that the things you're doing in your life are sustainable. And by sustainable, I mean, can you continue to do it in the same way without burning out, without something breaking down in the system? So for example, if you say, I'm going to exercise seven days a week, an hour and a half every day for the rest of the year, is that truly sustainable? Is that really, really, is that really real something you can do for yourself? So I was taking a look at 2016 of, you know, is what I'm doing sustainable? Am I going to burn out? Am I doing too many things that I don't like? And anyway, you get the picture. So uh, in looking at my 2016 
activities and how I spent my energy and, and spent my days looking to see if they were sustainable was, was an important thing. And I found that the gaps in my podcasting episodes were a direct result of my thinking about what I need to produce for every episode. In other words, my mindset. I stopped and looked and like, why? I love doing this. I adore podcasting. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love to talk. I love to share about aromatherapy. I get good feedback. I get high ratings. I mean, it's it's a win-win. Therefore, why am I uh, procrastinating so much from episode to episode? And really, it comes down to perfectionism. I have set the bar for myself so high that every Aromatic Wisdom podcast episode should be some kind of an epic training that people's lives are changed. I mean, I'm a bit exaggerating, but that is kind of the way I approach everything that I everything that I teach when I sit before a class, when I um, do an article, whatever I'm doing where I'm presenting myself to the world, especially as an aromatherapist, I want it to be really, really good. And of course, then perfectionism comes in and perfectionism can be our worst enemy because when we perfection, when we have um, perfectionistic tendencies, we tend to procrastinate because it's safe. That way we don't fail. So I don't really have fear of failure with this podcast because I've proven to myself that I can do it. I mean, I self-taught and how to do a podcast. I spent hours and hours and hours learning the technology, got the equipment, you know, I can do a podcast. My fear is, can I always deliver something outstanding? People are taking the time to listen. I feel I need to deliver. So, you know, I had to examine, is that sustainable for me to spend three hours researching a topic uh, recording it and then spending two to three hours editing it because the editing process is also pretty brutal. <laughs> and I decided that it was not sustainable for me to do it, to do this podcast the way I've been doing it with the mindset with which I've been doing it. So this is what I've decided what is sustainable. Number one, do the podcast more frequently, but make it a little more informal. What do I mean by informal and more frequently? In a sense, I'd like to go back to my original vision. When I first had the dream and the idea of doing this podcast in 2015, I saw it as a weekly show, you know, where I would kind of hop on the microphone and chat about aromatherapy things and also have lessons. And I'd really like to go back to that original idea. And <clears throat> which means I will still give you the big lessons at least once a month. But in between, I would like to just be informal and casually chat about my thoughts about, I don't know, things that are happening in the aromatherapy industry. Oh, journals that I'm reading and, uh, you know, recommend tools that I can recommend that I'm using or oils that I'm trying. Still have it be content that is valuable to you as an aromatherapist and as a business person, and uh, but not have the pressure on me so much to produce something like a big lesson every week. That is totally sustainable. Number two, outsource the editing to someone else. I've already outsourced the transcripts. I used to type up the transcripts myself, but I have a VA who does that now. It takes hours to edit a podcast once it's finished, and it is time that I let that go, outsource it, and give it to someone else to do. And number three is I'm going to start batching my episodes. Batching is a 
a term that's used a lot in the world of online marketing, people who, who do things online, who produce podcasts and blog posts and any kind of content that's uh, published on a regular basis. Batching means you sit and you do a whole bunch of them in one go. So if you write a blog, to sit and do five blog posts for the next five weeks, for example, on one day, and then it's done. This is a habit I need to learn. It's a discipline that I have to put upon myself is to sit down sort of once a month and record um, several episodes of the podcast. This also, uh, it's a tremendous um, productivity tool. So if you are someone, if you're out there and you're already producing blog posts, this is something you might want to consider. It really, it helps reduce stress. And the other thing it would do is after a podcast is produced and, you know, it's record the research and the re recording and the editing and then the um, uploading and then there's the show notes and then there is the email that goes out to all of you saying, hey, there's a new podcast episode. There are a number of steps. By batching my content and knowing farther in advance what is happening on the podcast, my VA can go ahead and prepare my show notes and do my transcripts. So it's overall, it's just a much better uh, productivity model. That has not been my strength. I'm kind of a, I, I'm a little bit of a ready, fire, aim person flying by the seat of my pants. I know a lot of highly creative people are, are wired that way. And I'm sharing all of this with you because I feel that in sharing with you my process, my journey, uh, you can learn from it. I've always said I am nothing if not transparent. Here's the commitment that I'm going to declare officially here on the first podcast of the year. I am going to provide a podcast every Friday for the first six months of the year. I was going to declare a whole year and I don't feel comfortable doing that. So I am challenging myself and, and, and saying it to, to my, you, my listeners, that every Friday for the first six months of 2017, I will um, publish a podcast. I already know my next two are going to be trip reports back from the fall. I'm going to next one. I'm going to talk about uh, the advanced distillation workshop that I went to in Spokane, Washington, with Ann Harmon. And beyond that, the next one after that is going to be my um, experience at the Naha Conference in Salt Lake City. I will share uh, questions and comments from the, my Facebook community and um, what I'm doing in social media to promote my business. I'm just thinking things off the top of my head. It'll always be aromatherapy related. It'll always be content that is hopefully relevant to you and um, kind of a little window into my world as an aromatherapist, as a business person. And so hopefully you like this new format. I don't know. Maybe you won't even notice much of a change. But I think the important thing is that I've changed in my view of how I'm looking at it and how I also realize that <clears throat> it's my job to produce the content. It's not my job to do all of the technical stuff around it. That is actually a, not a good use of my time. So interestingly enough, I keep talking about sustainability, and that was my word last year. But my word for 2017 is, I forgot it, is um, continuity. No, Consistency. Oh, my word. So my word for 2017 is consistency. And this new plan goes right hand in hand with that to be more consistent with my podcast. So and, and of course, dovetailing on from last year, sustainable as well. It's hard to be consistent if it's not sustainable. The other areas where I need consistency are in my eating habits, my exercise, 
just basically um, how I run my life. If things are more consistent, the things that work are more consistent, it's a more balanced life. All right, that is enough of that. Let's move into the next thing that I promised to talk about today. And those are some of my professional goals for 2017. I've got a small list here. Some of the stuff you already know. All right. So I want to publish my first online class. I've been saying this. You guys are sick of it. I don't think anyone even believes me anymore when I say I'm going to publish a class. A lot of it for me has been overcoming the technical challenge. And, uh, but I think I've got that mastered. I've been looking at a different LMS, which is, which means a learning management system. You need a, generally a learning management system. You need some kind of a platform on which to produce an online course. And right now what I have is WordPress courseware. I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with that or if I'm going to go with something called a dash. And there's another one I think called lifter. So I've been kind of looking at what goes with my, what will work with my website. And luckily, you know, I've got a, a web designer who's fabulous and, and I'm working with her on that. Anyway, I won't tell you just yet what the course is about, but I know that everyone's going to love it. So I just, I need to just bite the bullet and do it. And then it, it, here comes perfectionism. You know, I, it can't be, I can't publish it unless it's on a par with what Aroma Head does or Jade Shoots and the aromatic in her aromatic study school. I've seen, it's funny, both of them I've been following and friends with for years and years, and both of them I've seen them produce an online course, tweak it and improve it over the years. And I don't know why I think that I'm above that, but of course I don't. And um, I realize that whatever I produce will have to be good enough until it gets better. And again, this is all sharing with you the mindset. You know, mindset is everything when you're trying to manifest something. So even if my classes are not great when they first come out, I know they'll get better. When I first t started teaching live classes in 19 something, 1997, I think, I was terrible. I was frightened. I was poorly organized. I jumped around. I just did not do that well. And some of the feedback came back, you know, great, lots of information, notes need me to be better improved. And I was very welcoming of evaluation forms and that kind of feedback. And I always took it very much, I don't know if you say to heart, I didn't, I wasn't offended by it. I used it to help myself improve. And now my live classes are, I think they're very, very good. I have gotten a lot of more confidence in the classroom. I'm shining now as a teacher because I've been doing it for, for so long, <clears throat> pardon me, for so long. So even they were a struggle in the beginning, and now they really have improved. So I have to know that creating an online course is going to be the same thing. I put out what I put out the best I can and improve it as I go along. So the next uh, goal for this year is to get my online course approved by NCBTMB. And that stands for National Certification Board for Therapeutic Massage and Bodywork. This is important because... When your course has been approved by this organization, people who need uh, continuing education credits can get them from taking your course. So currently, you know, all my online, I mean, all my live courses have been approved by NCBTMB. So now I just have to get whatever online courses I do approved. And by the way, I do teach you how to go through the approval process and give you the language for the form in my teacher training program, which starts in May. I will put a link to the teacher training program if you're interested in learning more about that in the show notes. And you'll find the show notes at aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash 028. B 
because this is episode 28. All right, back to professional goals. So another uh, intention of mine for 2017 is to have my aromatherapy certification program approved by AIA. That stands for the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. In uh, Here in the United States, we are very fortunate. We've got two really good organizations that set standards for practicing aromatherapists. And that is NAHA, National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy.org, or AIA, the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. Their website is alliance-aromatherapists.org. And I'll put those, of course, in the links in the show notes. Anyway, when a program has been, when, when a teacher or a school submits the syllabus for a program to the one of these organizations and the program, I mean, the organization approves it, that is um, a great way to keep the standardization at a high level here in the United States. So not just anybody, in other words, anybody can create a program because we don't have anybody legislating who does what, uh, but we do have these two organizations. We are a self-regulated industry. So if someone goes to check on, well, you know, is it? do I want to go to Joe's School of Aromatherapy or Ar- Aromatic Wisdom Institute? Oh, look, Aromatic Wisdom Institute's syllabus has been approved by NAHA and AIA. Now, my school has been approved by NAHA. I had that approved in 2010. And it has just simply been on my desk for two years. I have this form. I paid $50 for the application. And I simply have to sit and fill out the syllabus and send it into AIA and hopefully have my school approved. So it's just one of those things I want to get it off my desk. So hey, I'm asking you guys to hold me accountable that I get my AIA form submitted and approved, hopefully, this year. And you know, I'm thinking that this would be a great podcast topic to talk about the, well, there are several aromatherapy organizations around the world. In the United States, we have, as I said, NAHA and AIA. I get so many people asking me, what is the difference between NAHA and AIA? What is the price difference? What do you get? And so forth. So I'm thinking that might be a really good blog post. Nope, not blog post, a really nice podcast topic that I can talk to you guys about that. If you have any specific questions about either one of those organizations, feel free to write and ask me, liz at aromaticwisdom.com. Continuing with another goal, I want to get more Fragrant Friday posts out. People love those, and I love writing them. So that's another thing that I need to batch. I'll probably sit down some Sunday and do like, oh, I don't know, four or five Fragrant Fridays and then schedule them out for for several months. Another activity that will keep me busy in 2017, this isn't so much a goal as other than um, keeping my schedule clean and clear, again, keeping things sustainable so that I can do things like what I'm about to tell you. So I've been asked to be a monthly columnist in a national magazine. It's a print magazine. And uh, so I'll be writing articles on aromatherapy every month in this magazine. I can't say what the publication is until the first article has been published. And that won't be until March, but it's going to be really cool. And I'll share that with you. And I am not sure what to do about my newsletter, guys. I have this newsletter, A Dose of Aromatic Wisdom. I started it in 2000, I think 11 or 12. And at first I got it out every Tuesday. Then kind of like everything else, you know, I started to have, get busier and busier. And then it became once a month. And now I haven't published one in a while. Part of it is it feels redundant because I have the podcast, I have blog posts, and I do send out emails to my list. So 
I, I don't know what to do about a dose of aromatic wisdom. If I need that, you know, is that going to be sustainable for me to add that into my already busy schedule? I probably should send out a, a survey, which is always a good thing to do. Uh, talk to your people. If you have an audience, ask them questions. Just put out surveys. And finally, to teach ACP, teach, teacher's training in hydrosols live. I used to teach a lot more live classes. And now, with both getting older and wanting to spend my time differently, I only teach three live classes at the moment. So I have my certification program, which is big. I mean, I, that's September, October, November, and then March, April, May. So I only teach it twice a year, spring and fall. And then... Um, and I have six or six or seven signed up now for the March program, and I have 10 seats. So, you know, by the time you hear this, there may still be a seat or not. I'm not sure. And then I do um, always do an aromatherapy teacher's training, which is a higher level training. And you have to have been certified at least 200 hours in training before you can take that class. And that is teaching people how to be a teacher, not how to teach. Somebody wrote and asked me, could they teach a certification program? And no, 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 it's not that kind of a teaching. It's how to get out into the community and teach one day, two day classes. So you have a new avenue of income. It's a great way to market yourself, but it's for, but primarily for teaching to beginners or intermediates in aromatherapy. That's going to be in May. And then I get a lot of requests to teach the hydrosols course live. I have two of those coming up this, I do them in the summer because I live in Pennsylvania and I want there to be a lot of plant material available because we actually do a hydrosol distillation in the class. So I'm going to do one in June, one in August, and they are up on the website. But those are my big targets for 2017 at the moment. And if as that changes and I tweak that, I, I'll keep you guys informed. One of the things I'm not giving up with this podcast, you'll be happy to know, is I'm not giving up Smell My Life. Ah! <laughs> I just love that with those children saying, ah. So if you're new to the Aromatic Wisdom podcast, Smell My Life is a feature I do every single episode, and it is where I share some aspect of aromatherapy that I've used in my life in the past week. Okay, so Christmas Eve, we went to a big family gathering and lots, about 20 people. And there was one person there who had just gotten over a bad head cold. And sure enough, about three days later, my husband, James, came down with the head cold, the crud, as he calls it. And so I, as in my typical fashion, I start pulling out oils. And actually, I ended up using one blend on him. I love my husband dearly, and he is a loves his stinking NyQuil. So my objective was to really try to keep his nose open so that he could breathe, which is why he likes the NyQuil. I ended up using a blend that I would not have expected to be so helpful. And I used it also to protect myself from getting the crud. I used a blend that's actually designed for the diffuser at holiday time. It's called 12 Oils Holiday Blend. And it's made by my friend Jessica Grill, who owns a, a company called Pompeii Organics. The website is pompeiorganics.com. Jess comes out with this, I don't know if it's this exact blend, but every year she brings out a holiday blend. And I bought this because I love the way it smells. And I actually ended up not only diffusing it, because of the oils that are in there to protect myself. But I also made a balm for my husband using these oils. So um, let me tell you first what is in the blend. The oils are 
balsam fir and scotch pine are the first two. Those are both conifers. Conifers are your Christmas trees, um, spruce, fir, pine. Conifers are great for supporting the lungs and the respiratory system. They help to um, thin the mucus so you can expel it. Then we've got laurel leaf, which is an oxide, excuse me, oxide-rich essential oils um, are also great to support the respiratory system, and it smells good. Cinnamon leaf, antiviral. Cypress, also great for the lungs. Clove bud, antiviral. And, of course, you've got this incredible, you've got the cinnamon clove smell, which is nice at the holidays, but that's good year-round. Frankincense. Probably she added that for primarily for the aroma um, at Christmas time, but frankincense opens up the bronchial tube. So it's very, very good to help um, assist breathing. Blood orange and vanilla, uh, which probably just are for amazing smell. Ginger root, which is warming. Myrrh and nutmeg. Wow. I love this blend, Jessica. So what I did was I diffused it all over the house because it was the holiday time and winter time in general. These oils are really great. And then I added a few drops. And honestly, I think I did a 3% blend, which would have been about 15 drops in one ounce of a very easy, thick body butter um, salve type of carrier, a base for the to, to hold these essential oils, made it really thick so I could smear the blend onto his chest. Now, as I am sharing this with you, my little brain's going to, you better give them the recipe for the salve because somebody's going to write and ask or several people. So give me a second. I'm going to go get the recipe. I'll be right back. Okay, this is really easy. Uh, I'll share it with you now quickly. And then I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to a blog post where I have already written. I did this a couple years ago. I shared this recipe. So you'll be able to find it easily. You're going to need three ounces of jojoba oil three ounces of cocoa butter, and one ounce of beeswax. If you don't have cocoa butter and you only have jojoba, then use six ounces of jojoba. You want a six to one ratio. So you want six ounces of something uh, liquidy, jojoba. If all you've got is olive oil, that's fine. Let's see what else, grape seed, uh, fractionated coconut oil, any sort of a carrier, six ounces. Coconut oil would be nice too. And then one ounce of beeswax. And that is the ratio to get the correct thickness. And then you want to go ahead and add in 15 to 18 drops of your chosen essential oils. And that makes a 3% blend. As I said, I'll give you the link in the show notes to a recipe. It's actually a blog post called um, Dry Cracked Cuticles. Here's a great cuticle butter recipe. So very often you can just take these base carriers in this case, a base like body butter, and use them for all sorts of places, for on your hands and feet. You can use them for therapeutic rubs. Uh, That's another episode. I took the uh, holiday blend, added it to this rich body butter base, and used it as a chest rub and neck. I put it in his neck, on his chest, and also on his back because for his lungs. And he loved that. And... He felt better very quickly. He used NyQuil only one night, and then he was able to breathe much better once I started putting the blend on him. And I was so happy that he you know, was willing to give up his NyQuil, at least for the rest of the time that he was not well. And he got better pretty quick. And that's the Smell My Life segment for this episode. 
All right, I want to start to wrap up this episode. The last thing I want to share, because I did mention at the beginning, I would be sharing my professional goals as well as some of my personal goals. And um, so some of the personal goals are that I would like to start, not start, I've actually done this off and on for a long time, but I like to write in my gratitude journal every day. It's so easy to take for granted what we have. And you know, if I just write down whatever I'm grateful for, two or three points, even if it's just one thing, I want to try and make it a point to write in it every single day to remind myself of how much I have. I want to get back to rowing. I have a Concept 2 rowing machine. I bought it in 2006. It was quite an investment back then. I think it's probably, I think I paid 600 in 2006. I bet they're $1,000 by now. It's a fabulous piece of exercise equipment. It's joint friendly and it's rhythmic. It's a, you know, you row. It is great for the heart and for the joints and for the, you know, it's good for the body. And I don't have to leave my house. I have a membership to the gym. I never go. So I'm going to cancel that membership and I'm going to um, just start rowing every day. And what I can do is listen to podcasts. I can listen to books or books on tape there. I'm dating myself. Listen to audiobooks. Uh, I don't watch TV very much and not at all during the day. So I probably wouldn't do that. But that's another thing is I would like to try and five times a week, get uh, sit on the, you know, work on the rowing machine, sit on the rowing machine. Yes, I'll just sit on it. And then, oh, what the other thing I wanted to share was along those lines, if you all remember way back in episode I think it was 21, I shared about how I had been through a depression and I used a lot of natural methods to get better. And one of them was exercise and I exercised heavily. I was training for a marathon. Well, now that I am restored back to mental health that is normal and happy and I'm back to me, I find I don't exercise as much. So that is really my motivation to get back into uh, rowing and, and of course start walking again. There is a lot more that I could share, but I think I'll wait and uh, save it for later episodes. And of course, the biggest thing that I wanted to impart on you today was that I've shifted and changed my attitude a little bit about my own podcast. And I think I'm going to have a lot more fun now. I love all of you. Thank you very, very much for being here. Knowing that you're all out there listening enriches my heart and my life so much. The next podcast, episode 29, is going to be uh, another sort of conversation where I'm sharing with you an incredible experience I had in October of 2016, where I went to Spokane, Washington, and took a class on advanced distillation techniques. I was teacher and student, learned a lot, had an incredible time sharing what I know with the other teachers, and learned a lot about distillation. So I will be sharing that with you in the next episode. Remember, the show notes for today's episode can be found at my website, aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash 028. And if you're listening in iTunes, please subscribe. And I would love it if you'd go to iTunes and leave a nice review for this podcast if you've enjoyed it. Okay, until next week, be happy, be well. <laughs>